0: So let's say, uh, we, we have won the war. We still have to show up for the battles. We still have to show up for what needs to be done. But we have won the war because if you're a scholar of the Bible and have read to the end of the book, we win. The chapter, the final chapter has been written, we win. So everybody say, we do win. We do win. and We have the victory. And the word today in a few minutes that we have left here today is what God had dropped in my heart. And, and as I was hearing this message, I thought, wow, God, this is really a message for me. Uh, But it's the power of desire. Everybody say, the power power of desire. And I'm going to paraphrase how the Lord was showing it to me or how I was receiving it. Uh, There's a point in my life when I didn't, well, for all of us, when we first got saved, I didn't know the word, so I didn't understand anything, I just knew something happened, something was different, I was different, everything looked different, I felt like I had hope now before I didn't, but I didn't know the word of God, and so with childlike faith, I would tell God what I wanted, uh, and, and I would just say, God, I want this. How many of you had a parent like I had? My dad was just, a one, my dad and mom were just absolutely wonderful. Some people think they spoiled me, but they didn't. They perfected me. No, i <laughs> I, 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 was, I was an only child. And so I used to tell people, uh, my, my dad was always humorous. And I used to tell people, they said, You're an only child? And I said, Yeah. I said, They took one look at me and said, We can't do better than that. And, and, uh, and, and my dad would shake his head. And he would look at me and say, No, that's not true. We took one look at him and said, We're not doing that again. <laughs> he said that right up till he was dying. Transition day into heaven. But, but they were the kind of parents that whatever I asked them for, if they could afford to do it, they did it. If I wanted a red wagon, I got a red wagon. If I want a BB gun over and above my mom's objection, I got a BB gun. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, it, it, it was never a question of I couldn't have what I wanted. Now, I felt like I didn't take advantage of it. But I also felt like I could ask them for anything, and if they could do it, they would do it. How many of you were raised with parents like that? It was just some of you weren't. I understand. Of course, sometimes when I talked about my parents, and people said I didn't have that, I'm sorry you didn't have that, but you do have that now. You have that with your father in heaven. So everybody say I have it now. now. And uh, as I was praying about this message, uh, God was taking me back to some of the early influences in my life. Uh, dr. Paul young guy Cho the largest church in the world he's now retired -retired. semi-retired the book that he wrote on the fourth dimension and how he was praying he had uh, 13 people in a Marine Corps tent that he started and uh, he came from a Buddhist background and, and he borrowed that Marine Corps tent and he was praying with his eyes closed and they asked him why why do you pray Cho with your eyes closed and he said well God spoke to me that I would have the largest church in the world and when I open my eyes, I see 13 people. Uh, when I close my eyes, I see the largest church in the world. So therefore, I preach with my eyes closed. Well, long story short, he did have the largest church in the world. May still have, I'm not positive about that. But at that time, in a war-torn country, the largest church in the world, because God showed him he would have it. But he went for a long time without having it. And, uh, and he couldn't understand why. He said, God, I, how many of you know God's shown you things that you haven't seen yet? Can I see your hands? Let's let say, God has shown me. But you haven't seen the manifestation of it yet. And so Cho was praying one day, crying out to God, I think all of us have sooner or later, and, and said, God, what's the problem here? Things aren't going right. And he says, you never asked me for what you need. And he says, you know what I need. And he said, no, I want you to tell me what you need. I am busy. Now, I know some people theologically are going to say God would never say that. This is what Dr. Cho said. I am busy. I need to know exactly what you want. And he said, well, I I don't even have a desk. And he said, what kind of desk do you want? And he said, any kind of desk. He said, no, I don't operate that way. I I operate on specifics. And he said, well, I want a big brown desk. he said, okay, great. And he said, I want a leather chair with rolling wheels on it. Supernaturally, it came to him. Within a couple of months, he had all of it. And then he said, God, I need transportation. And he prayed for the transportation. He never got it. And one day he said, God, why do I not have my transportation? And he said, What do you want, Joe? You're not telling me. And he said, I want a bicycle like everybody else has. And he said, He, he asked, asked for the, the bicycle, and he never got a bicycle. And he finally came again and said, Doctor, or, uh, God, why, why do I not have a bicycle? And he says, I don't know what kind you want. How am I going to buy you a bicycle? Now, I understand that theologically, some people may have a challenge with this and say, oh, I don't know about that. I'm telling you a true story about what actually happened, and it is manifested in many lives today, and they can tell you the same thing. And said, okay, I want an American bicycle. He said in his book, The Fourth Dimension, it was almost impossible to find. I want an American bicycle. I want a Schwinn bicycle. How many of you know about the old Schwinn bicycles? They they were the Cadillac of the bicycle, were they? (laughs) That is the one thing my parents never got me. I got a Montgomery Ward bicycle. It was awesome. I wanted a Schwinn, but they told me, son, we can't really afford the Schwinn, but we can afford the Hawthorne, Sears, and Roebuck bicycle. And they explained it to me, and it was fine for me. Your God can afford anything. So turn to your neighbor and say, your God can afford anything. And so Cho said, this is exactly what I want. Within a couple of months, he had it. Then he said he scratched his head, and he said, I got to thinking, if God said he wants me to be specific and tell him about whatever desire I have, I probably better do it. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, God is no respecter of persons. So in other words, what are we asking God for? Because the power of our desire is absolutely awesome. We're going to read in Psalms 37. We're going to be talking about a couple of scriptures in the time we have left here. But as God was giving me this message, I was thinking about the early part of my life. I didn't understand the Word. I didn't know the Word. But I knew if I talked to God and if I asked God for what I wanted, that somebody told me he would do it. And I remember sitting on the edge of my bed, not knowing much of anything one night. And, and you, you all have read some of this in the book. But I remember saying, God, I would like to have a wife if you have one for me. But if you don't have one for me, I would like to have a wife. That is my desire. Middle of the night, he woke me up, gave me Pam's name. Bam, got a wife. Uh, and, he, <laughs> and he did a good job. <laughs> he did a good job. It's, Everything I ever wanted. and, and, and uh, 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 But it's like, wow, this really worked. Everybody say, it works. It works. And then when, when God took us to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and, and we're sitting out there, and I'm getting this desire. How many of you have some desires in your heart? If you were pressed to explain exactly what it was, you maybe can't even describe it totally, but you know it's there. Do you, do you know what, I'm, can I see your hands, just make sure, I, okay, I, I, hands everywhere, that's good, that's what I, th- I thought, and so we went to Tulsa, and, and, and there was this thing inside me, like, you you know, ministry, full-time ministry. And who am I to go to full-time ministry? It just came out of a church. You can't even be used if you've been divorced. Uh, I'm a second-class person. I understand that, but it doesn't bother me anymore because I know i got God, and so I'm okay, so, but I, I know I can't be a minister. And then somebody preaches the message, and it says that whatever God's plan is for your life has never changed, no matter what you've done. How many of you are thankful for that? Glory to God. Turn to your neighbor and say, I am thankful for that. No matter what you have ever done. As a matter of fact, God will use what you've done, even though he didn't cause you to do it or cause this to happen to you. He'll use it to strengthen you in that area of your life. I'm amazed how many people God sends my way who did the same stuff I did. And it's like, come on, there's a chance. You can make it. I can, and, and let me tell you what I did. And then they just, their mouth drops open, actually. <laughs> but but that, that's the way God intended it for it to be. And so, anyway, I just lost my train of thought again. Glory to God. Sweetheart, I know you hang on every word I say. Pardon? Oh, yes, yes, Psalm but, 66. But we'll get to that in just a minute. So, so, I'm, there, so I'm, there, I'm there, victory, not having a clue what I'm doing in Tulsa. I think God said go to Tulsa. I don't really know. I had debt before I went to Tulsa. Now I got more debt. Now, I had three children. Now, I got six kids. Now, I got a wife. She likes to have her hair. No. <laughs> you know, in other words, the expenses are going up, not down. And the, and the money we owed was not going anywhere but up also because of interest. And, and it's like, oh, God. And finally, one day I just said, God, if you. Now, we're going to be talking about the desires. Everybody say, God gives us the desires of our heart. That's 37. Trust in the Lord lean not to your own understanding, and that God will give you the desires of your heart. Jesus said it a little bit differently in John chapter 15, verse 7 and 8. He said, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, ask whatever you desire, it will be done, bringing glory to the Father. Oh, okay. And so here I am out there, and I'll tell you, I don't know God. Now, I don't know where I got this witty idea, okay? But but this is going to sound like I'm contradicting some of the teaching I've done for years in this church. I've said for years in this church, the most important thing in your life, you need to be led by the Holy Spirit. That hasn't changed. Everybody said that hasn't changed. But I also believe that we can sit around waiting to be led by the Holy Spirit, and we need to be following the desires of our heart. Because I believe God put the desires in our heart, whether you come up with the desire, or God put it there, or vice versa. Personally, I think it's a little bit of both. I think we have a desire to serve. Well, let me just show you. How many of you have a desire to serve God and do whatever he tells you to do? How many have a desire to help hurting people, whether he shows you to help them or not? It's because it's a God-given desire that you have inside you. You have a desire to help people. It's a God-given. It's in your DNA. You'll never change. The best way you'll ever feel good about yourself is giving, 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 giving. And so I'm, I'm, I'm out there and I'm saying, well, I don't know I don't what to do. This. I'll tell you what, God. Now, I think... I think this was an interesting idea. As I look back on it, I think it's hilarious. You've probably read it in the book. But I'm, I'm sitting there one day, we've never met the pastor Village O'Doherty, and I'm saying, okay, God, it's, it's as if God, is, I talk to God the way I talk to you. You know, it's not, therefore my God above. It's not like it said, God, I, I don't know what I'm doing, but I know you do, and so here's what we'll do. This is almost exactly how I prayed. This is what I'll do. You have Billy Joe Doherty call me up in front of the entire church. And if he calls me up in front of the entire church, I'll know you're calling me into full-time ministry. Now, that was a desire I had. I, I don't, it doesn't sound like something the Holy Spirit would give me. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't, but, but that was the desire I had. And so I pray, I prayed that, and that desire was given to God. And I said, just have him do that. I don't know how things in the supernatural work, supernatural work, but I know they work. Matter of fact, let's all make that confession. I don't know how, don't know how. things work in the supernatural, in the supernatural. But, I but I know they work. And this one day, probably a month later, after I asked God to do that, the desire of my heart, Pam's dad sent me a pair of shoes. And the pair of shoes, <laughs> I still the feeling, the pair of shoes had a buckle on them. And I was sitting there in a meeting before the church service, had never met Billy Joe Doherty, sitting there in a meeting for baseball, for John to go to some meeting, and, and I adjusted my shoe, and the snap broke. And as soon as the snap broke, this is what I heard in my spirit. Tonight will be the night Billy Joe calls you up. I thought, that's silly. How many of you ever said that's silly or something like that? It's like, God works in the most ridiculous ways from my standpoint. He probably didn't appreciate me saying that. (laughs) But but, I mean, I just see it. I've seen it all the time. And so I forgot about it. absolutely forgot about it. And there we are in that church service on a Wednesday night, almost the back row. I don't know, a couple thousand people there. Ulf Ekman just graduated from... Rama Bible Training Center, Billy Joe's getting ready to pray for him, worship ends. Billy Joe walks around uh, to pray for off, calls him up there and talks about him going to Sweden, starting the church, and has the microphone right there. And he walks around. He walked around this way. And, and, and he said, we're going to pray for off now. And he just stopped. And he turned around. I'll never forget this, as long as I live. And he said, brother, you have the love of Jesus all over you you come and pray for him. And I'm in this back row and I'm standing there is he talking to me? <laughs> and I'm telling you it is like a red sea experience of people parting and it's just him looking at me. It's a you. And I went, "Me?" Says you. I remember walking down there. I'd never prayed for anybody in public. I'm not even sure I'd prayed much for anybody, period. Uh, <laughs> I have no idea what I prayed. All I know is this: on the way back from praying, this is what I heard, in my spirit, I did what you asked me to do. Now will you do what I have called you to do? Say yes, sir. I will. Desire works, and the desires of your heart given to God will bring to pass what God really has tried to put in your heart, but you couldn't see it because you couldn't believe it and wrap your mind around it. But I believe every single person here, you have a divine destiny by God to fulfill regardless of your age. As a matter of fact, God told me the other day. I was talking about age. (laughs) I actually said to God, Do you really know how old I am? (laughs) And this is what I heard in my spirit. You got to be kidding. (laughs) Tell your neighbor, God knows how old you are. (laughs) And he'll renew your youth so that you can fly and soar with the eagles. And in all probability, most of you older people are like Bill O'Brien. You've made so many you've made so many mistakes over the years and learn from them you're just darn near brilliant. <laughs> and so what we do is we understand I, I would go out and pray. I hope you're getting this message because I'm not following my notes much at all but I go out and pray. My, my wife can tell you this. I go out and pray, and I, I got to the point where if I didn't hear the leading from the Holy Spirit, I locked up. It's been that way for a while. I don't like it. It sucks. <laughs> but it's like, okay, I got to hear from the Holy Spirit. Well, I didn't hear today, so, you know, is this a bad day. I didn't hear tomorrow. I don't, I don't know if God's busy or what, or I'm busy but when you're flowing in your desires, you are flowing with God and telling God what you want. And if it's of God, you're going to have it. And if it's not of God, you're not going to have it. And you didn't want it anyway. So what happens is you start to move in a realm. You always, now listen to this because it'll set you free. It's, it's such, it has set me free, although it's only been two days. So, it, I am free. <laughs> Everybody say, my pastor is free. <laughs> I don't know how to say this so it would come out right theologically. Okay, I'm not sure what the Holy Spirit is saying. Okay, follow the desires of your heart. Does that make sense? Follow the desires of your heart. Follow the desires of your heart. And and, and it'll set you free to move out there. And, and uh, I, I think about the story, and I'm going to go through Psalms here real quick but uh, of of Pastor Doherty and the the ministry in Tulsa had gotten three million dollars in debt three million dollars in debt and uh, he he didn't know what to do he couldn't service the debt load he could barely service the interest just wasn't able to service it wasn't going to be able to make payroll the entire ministry of Victory Christian Center Church that was getting ready to go down the drain hinged upon that man's decision and what happened was he couldn't understand it and finally said, God, what happened? And said, you've made a mistake here. This is not what I have for your church. It's something else. He repented before God. He repented before the congregation and he told the congregation. I never heard him say the Holy Spirit told him to do this, but he told the congregation. because I did hear him say this. In my heart, I have a desire that I know God is going to send somebody to buy this building and we're going to get on the right path again. Everybody say, there's a path for me. We're going to get on the right path again. And the people said, as people do, (laughs) there's always somebody, well, you can't do it. We're in the middle of a recession. Nobody wants to buy a car dealership that looks like a church or a church that looks like a car dealership. It's all been remodeled. Nobody will want it. $3 million in debt, he said, God will take care of it. And he, he, it was his desire before God. God sends somebody. It's my desire. Well, what if it's not the Holy Spirit? Don't be concerned and lock up over whether or not it's the Holy Spirit. Is it going to bring glory to God? Is there going to be something that you know God wants you to do? This came in the midst of me praying. Pam, you'll appreciate this. In the, in the very beginning when I first got saved, some of you have heard this story. have been around this church for a while. I pray, God, I want to get out of debt. God did br- take us out of debt. took longer than I thought. Everything with God has taken longer than I thought. <laughs> but God is out of debt, I blessed, has blessed us tremendously. As said, when we get out of debt, I want a Lincoln Continental. And, uh, never, and we did get out of debt. Never got the Lincoln Continental. So I said something to God the other day. I said, you know, I never got that Lincoln Continental. He said, you didn't really want it. I said, yeah, I did. He said, no, you didn't really. Because when I gave you a chance, you had matured. And I said, what does that mean? I didn't understand it. I said, what does that mean? And said, well, when you wanted the Lincoln Continental in the beginning, it was because it was a status car. Big car. Rich pastors. I wasn't. A, I wasn't a pastor back then, you know. But I never got it. But fast forward a few years, and somebody said to me, "I want to get you any car you want." And I thought about something differently. I thought with spiritual maturity. And God reminded me, "You were told, get whatever car you wanted." But the desire of your heart has matured based on your walk with me. How many of you realize you haven't arrived, but spiritually you are much more mature than you used to be? Your faith is not immature. The desires of your heart are not immature. And when he reminded me of that, I thought, my goodness, I could have had that. But I don't want it. Because I got what God wanted me to have. And when you understand how this works, it will absolutely change your life. I want to give you, well, well excuse me, back to Billy Joe. He, I, I felt for him, but I didn't really know what he went through until he wrote a couple of books later on. But one day, in spite of everybody telling him it'll never work, God answered his desire and sent Sam Walton, At that time, I believe he was the richest American. At that time, Sam Walton came down that street. Was that Lewis, Lewis, Sheridan? Came down Sheridan Avenue, looked over, saw the for sale sign, and asked the realtor, "What is that place?" He said, "Well, that's a car deal. Used to be a car dealership that is now a church. They're three million dollars in debt, and they want to sell it." He said, give him $3,100,000 and we'll buy it and put a Sam's store in there. To God be the glory in one moment. Yeah, give a bigger hand than that. In one moment's time. Everybody say one moment. moment. Only takes God a moment to do something. In one moment's time, the ministry went from a $3 million non-serviceable debt to $100,000 in the bank, has never been in, in bondage to finances again, and has actually impacted the entire world when it looked like it was going down for the last count. Some of you have looked like sometimes you're going down for the last count. You are not. You can fall. You're going to arise. And you say, well, I've fallen again, and then get back up. Get off your behind and get up and move forward because God's plan has never changed for your life. I want to say these two scriptures again because they're so important and I hope you never ever lose sight of them because they are so important. It's uh, We just said it, but it's John chapter 15, 7 and 8. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, ask whatever you will, whatever you desire, and it shall be done for you. Herein is my Father glorified. John 14, 14, if you ask, the word ask means to desire. It's an interchangeable word. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. The word desire means to be zealous, ardently, eagerly, and intensely in pursuit of something, to be passionate about, and earnestly pursue with passion. Everybody say, that's me. Now... I want to close with Psalms. We never did get there, but we're going to go to Psalms 37 real quickly because I want to share with you verse 3 and 4. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land, in His land, and feed on His faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and He shall give you the desires of your heart. Now, very quickly, I'm going to summarize Psalms 37. This all is talking about desire. Number one, God will bring it to pass, verse 5. Everybody say, God will bring it to pass. Number two, it says, rest in the Lord, verse number 7. One of the biggest problems people have is to rest. One of the reasons the children didn't enter the promised land when they were called by God to enter in is because they would not rest. Number three, delight yourself in the abundance of peace. Peace is one of the most important things you can have and perfect peace belongs to those whose eyes are fixed upon the Lord. Peace is so important. The fourth thing it says in Psalms 37, show mercy and give. Don't be thinking about yourself, but give out of a pure heart before God. Number five, the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. That's all say it. I say I am righteous. Therefore, Therefore. my steps are ordered of the Lord. Lord. Our steps were ordered of the Lord over there in Uganda. Pray for Pastor Stanley, hoping to get him back in January, maybe February, into the Sudan. But our steps were ordered when we walked into that bank, and we said, we are here on an assignment from God, and we need all of your money. Stick them up. No, it wasn't quite like that, (laughs) but it was very similar. So let's just say, God's got a lot of money. God's got a lot of money. You will never outspend God. (laughs) Number six, always be willing to wait on the Lord. Verse number 34, it's not a time-delayed thing with God. His timing is perfect. Everything that God does, His timing is perfect. I don't understand it, but I know it's true. So let's all say it. You do not have to understand God to believe in God. And number seven, our strength and our trust are in Him. I want to read this one to you. This is verse number 39 and 40. But the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. Everybody say, that's me. (laughs) He is their strength in time of trouble. And the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He will deliver them from the wicked one and save them. And this is the final one. Why? Because we trust in Him. I have total trust in him. Let's all say it. I have total trust in him. <laughs> now, this is the personal confession, and then we're going to pray. But, uh, it, uh, by the way, I, I, I had in my notes, you know, whatever, what are your desires? Write them down, date them, give them to God. Watch what will happen. I'm going back through my prayer journal now, 20, 30 years. Oh, it's just, I, I'm so amazed. I don't know why I'm so amazed at the goodness of God, but I really am. It just, it really humbles me. He's got a plan. But then there are those things that that don't work out the way I think they would. Uh, And you've heard this story before. Uh, You know, I have children, never seen them in the church. Tell you how to raise your kids and can't get mine to come to church. Tell you, command your children to come to church, I can't get my children to church. There are issues that are closer to my heart that if I let them, they make me weary. And I don't do it in front of you, but I do have those moments. I just go be myself. Say, God, is this ever going to happen? Am I ever going to see it? I believe in all of our worlds, it may not be like I just described to you, but you have those. And Galatians 6, 9 is such an important scripture. Don't become weary in well-doing, for in due season you will reap. I said this one day, forgive me. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm going to forgive him. I was really having a hard day out behind Walmart. By the way, none of you are allowed behind Walmart. (laughs) I was really having a hard day. I'm just going to tell you exactly what I said to God. But it was over some situations that it seems like it's been 30 some years, actually been 40 years. How long have we been married? Long time. How long was that? Sarah Endicott asked me if I missed you while you were gone. And I said, not the first night. The first night the dog and I curled up in front of the fireplace. I watched Patton, I watched Gladiator. I mean, I was wired, I was wired. No Hallmark allowed. (laughs) But then I did tell Sarah, the second night, I started missing you. Third night, I really miss you. Last night, I watched Hallmark. (laughs) But but this is the truth. I I was out there praying. I said, God, I know the word is true. I know that we will reap in due season. I know. Don't go weary in well-doing you reap in due season. But God, what the hell is due season? (laughs) That is exactly what I said. I was just so frustrated. Can I see the hands of anybody that's ever been just so frustrated? I was so frustrated. And I felt like he said, that's for me to know But my word will never return void. That's for me to know. But my word will never return void. And I say, God, that's good enough for me. I don't have to know what due season means. All I have to know is that I am not to grow weary in well-doing. And that I will see what the desire of my heart was because I know you want to give me the desire of my heart. Let's all stand. God wants to give you the desires of your heart because he is a perfect father. He has a great plan for your life. Some of the biggest challenges you've ever experienced will strengthen you to minister to others. And God will take care of every need down here for you. Would you bow your head with me for a moment? Maybe you're here and you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Don't let another moment go by. Maybe you're here and you're like a prodigal son, a prodigal child. You know you have drifted away from the things of God. It's time to settle the issue. It's time to open your heart to the Lord. And if you're here and you say, Pastor, you you described me, I know my life is not right with God. I'm going to ask you to slip your hand in the air and we're going to pray for you. Father, you know every single person here. Lord, I pray that if there's one here that doesn't know you, or one prodigal son, prodigal daughter that has drifted away from you, Lord, this would be their moment. Holy Spirit I know that you're with us just take a moment We're still bowed in prayer I want to pray for those that are like I described myself you had become weary in well-doing and you know it's like a heaviness but God wants to lift it off of you today if that's you I'm going to ask you just slip your hand up. you I've become weary stick it up real high there believers look around not a lot of hands but we got some hands up over here. Go to somebody, if you real quickly, right over here, in the front, Brad, over here, over there, right here in the back section. There's a couple all the way over here on this side, over here. Anybody else? The anointing of God is here upon this congregation, and as you lay hands on those people, the weariness is going to lift off, and the healing oil of Jesus is going to flow. In Jesus' name, Father, you see each one of these hands. And I pray that in the precious name of Jesus, we bind weariness. It is a tool from the enemy. We bind weariness. And we loose your healing power in that area. That the word of God will begin to dominate where that weariness was. That in Jesus' name, your love will come upon that person. That there is hope. Hope deferred, we know, makes the heart sick. But when desire arises, it is a tree of life. And that in Jesus' name, we dispatch the healing flow of Jesus. And for all weariness to be gone. For due season is on the horizon. We speak it, we declare it in the name of Jesus. And everybody said... Now, I want us, before we leave, to go out with this confession because God wants to give you the desires of your heart. How many of you know that deep inside you, you haven't even shared it probably with anybody, there are some deep desires that you need to release to the Lord. Can I see your hand? Because He's waiting for them. He is waiting for them. So let's make this confession right now. Father, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for my desires. My God-given desires to glorify you. I know without a doubt I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. My youth is being restored. My health Is restored my vision is restored and I know I am called by you to go from glory to glory therefore I commit my life and the rest of my life to serve you and to be all you've called me to be I give my thanks to you God for your son Jesus And I declare, in accordance with your word and the desire of my heart, that I am steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And I know, without a doubt, my labor is not in vain. It will produce victory after victory after victory. Can you say amen? Let's give the Lord a big hand.